Welcome to Hope Talks Podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. We would love your feedback and invite you to take a short, anonymous survey. You can find the link to the survey in the show notes. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in today. And today we're joined by Scott Miller. Scott, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. And Scott's joining us today to share his testimony. Scott, just start out telling us about where you're from and a little bit about how you grew up. So I was born in Maryland, but moved down to the Shenandoah Valley when I was three. Um, my family grew up in Spring Creek area, um, out toward actually four houses up from Spring Creek Church of the Nazarene. Oh, really? Um, uh, yep. We I didn't know that. Yep. We were pretty close to the, uh, pastor there and his family, um, Tony Martin and Mike Martin. Um, and we would go down there and play in the parking lot and do different things all the time and just kind of got real close in that, uh, little community there. So, so when you all came here. I'm guessing it was for your dad's work. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he moved down here, and my aunt had lived down here as well. And so he kind of had some family. It was his sister. And so they kind of moved down and kind of wanted to be close to her also. Yeah. And so that was kind of part of the reason to venture out of Maryland, I guess. Yeah. So you mentioned playing on the parking lot of the church. Did you all attend a church? Like, did you grow up in the church? So my aunt... Sue, actually, um, her husband was a pastor, my Uncle Richard. And so he had a small church right in Bridgewater across from where they're about to put McAdoo's. Mm. And it was a little bit of things that went on that kind of slightly pushed my parents away for a little. So we didn't attend, but we still, you know, prayed and things at home. And I kind of took the initiative on my own to walk down to the Spring Creek Church and with the connection I had with uh, their son, Mike, and We'd play drums and guitar and hang out, and I would attend sometimes by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, we eventually were invited to Montezuma Church of the Brethren, mm-hmm. and that's okay. where we started attending more faithfully and more often and things. So, Very good. Well, uh, you know, a lot of times it's cool that you mentioned that you took the initiative for yourself to attend because of your friendship with a pastor's son. Do you have any, maybe it's not specific, maybe it's just general, like you said, playing uh, drums and guitar and all that, but do you have any specific memories of when Christ revealed himself to you when you came maybe to make that, and maybe that happened later, maybe that didn't happen in those years, but when you came to make that decision for yourself personally? So the youth was a pretty big part of why I went down there. They had a I think they called it a CC building, if I remember correctly, and it had a basketball goal, and they would do lock-ins and stuff in there. And after a couple times of going to different youth events, they had a revival, and I can't remember the pastor's name, but he was from the Hell's Angels, and he came and he preached, and the church was just packed, and the lights were flickering, and it was just a real experience. And I never, never realized that that would be the moment that I probably would, but there was about ten of us that walked up to the altar practically in tears, and we just gave our life to Christ at that point. Um, I'll just remember a lot of my teenage friends just kind of sitting there and, and kneeling all at the same time, just kind of feeling his, you know, spirit, you know, overcome us, and, and it, was, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, that's amazing. I didn't realize that you had that connection to Spring Creek, but that's really cool. So you grew up um, going to 
church, and you all started attending with your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so after your teenage years um, and you got involved with the church, you were at Montezuma, did you end up going to college? What did that look like for you? So we didn't go to Montezuma until a little bit later, probably okay. my early 20s, if okay. I had to guess. Um, so there was about a five-year to ten-year period where I, I mean, I'd be honest, I was partying and drinking and not making great choices, and I moved out of the house when my brother still stayed, and he's older than I am, and mm-hmm. so I, I felt like I had to be the one that had to go, um, yeah. and I was responsible. I was working a full-time job, saving money, but I was influenced from a lot of friends, and every weekend there was parties at our place, and it just, now looking back, it's just weird because it literally feels like, who was that? Yeah, because I get that. Yeah, it wasn't anything that I'm proud of. It's not who I feel that I was. It literally just feels like it's a story from somebody else's lifetime. Mm-hmm. But um, I made a lot of close connections. It's just kind of the wrong connections. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then ultimately, when we started attending Montezuma again, I started going to church again Sunday mornings and then feeling that kind of guilt about what I was doing Saturday evenings. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helped me settle down a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I eventually moved in with my brother, actually, in his townhouse, um, instead of being in that party scene, I guess you can yeah. say. And that helped a lot with just sort of how I started to change things in my life. Yeah. So Sometimes the landscape of our life kind of changes. It changes. Mm-hmm. You know, we have those moments. We have to make a decision to remove ourselves. Sure. And it's amazing how things can start looking different around us. Yep, absolutely. Right. You mentioned uh, before we started recording that you wanted to share kind of what brought you here and kind of how that happened. And so just, I guess, fill in the whatever you want to share between that time when you kind of started to get things on track, so to speak, um, away from the party scene to what ultimately brought you here to the Church of the Nazarene in Harrisonburg. So I worked as a manager at Brewster's Ice Cream and... Many of you know that I was married before and have a a son from that marriage. And, you know, we attended church um, at Montezuma together and got married there. And ultimately what happened is it just started to kind of be me impressed in a lot more often than what I expected. And it got very hard because I think a lot of resentment built up inside of me. And nobody's perfect. I mean, when you go through these things and you experience divorce and separation, you want to finger point a lot, but you also have to evaluate yourself as of what, you know, you could have done better and everything. But ultimately, for whatever reason, it happened where we just sort of had separated. And I'll never forget the first day. I'll probably not be able to say it without getting emotional, but um, the first day she drove away with um, Preston in the truck and he is screaming and crying and yelling for dad. I just stood there in my driveway weeping. And I knew that that wasn't the life that he needed to have. And it was a challenge, but ultimately a lot of people came to me, we prayed about it. And, um, I ended up just fighting to have him primarily for structural purposes. Um, and in doing so, ultimately it led us to the church of Nazarene by just wanting some change in the environment and the people we were around. Nobody did anything wrong. You know, it's just, sometimes you just, you feel like everybody's looking at you. Um, And so we came here, and Preston and I were attending faithfully, and that's how I met Julie. Mm -hmm. And Julie definitely encouraged, get on the drums and kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. come more Sundays. And 
Um, she even uh, mentioned CR, which I have not made it to yet, but maybe one of these days I will. But um, it really just changed our whole family dynamic completely by coming here. Um, God knew what he was doing. And by bringing me here, obviously, I met Julie and kind of went from there. You know, we've been married. We have Asher um, and him and Preston are close. And so just seeing what God has done over the last few years has been amazing you don't think you're going to get there sometimes when you're going mm. through the hardest right. thing. Yeah. And that's what people need to, you know, people listening today that are struggling um, in the messy middle, we call it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is really hard um, to do the right, the right next thing, right? Mm-hmm. Not the finger pointing, but hey, I need to be somewhere where I, you felt like you needed maybe a little anonymity. Yeah. It's hard when you go through things within a community of faith where everyone kind of knows. That's hard. Sure. And um, I've done that, and it is hard. It um, is. But there are seasons, and God uses where we are in the seasons that we're in, sure. right? And sure. so you um, made that decision to take a, another step um, in your faith and you showed up here um, you've been a real blessing yeah. um, just well, saying thank you. Thank you. Um, and I don't want us to get past if you're willing to share mm-hmm. like uh, what was your and Pastor Julie's um, first <laughs> interactions like? <laughs> I think you asked because you know um, <laughs> everyone yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I came to the Easter egg hunt um, <laughs> March 26th of 2018, something like that. Um, and I had, I mean, just being honest, you know, she's beautiful, beautiful woman. And I just had kind of been drawn to just how great she was with the kids. And I just, there was just something about her that I just really liked. And somehow I still don't know to this day because I lost a lot of confidence with what I went through. Yeah. I mean, I used to be extremely confident outgoing which i still am to a degree but i i really lost a lot of confidence going through what i what i experienced but i walked up to her at the end of it and just said hey great job with the kids um are you seeing anybody and she <laughs> looked at me like the deer in the headlights and didn't know what to say and she ultimately just said she wasn't looking she was kind of freaked out you know just wasn't sure what to say and then she ultimately messaged me later and kind of apologized and just said that she was caught off guard and, and, you know, yeah, she'd be interested in going out or something and kind of the rest is history. But, um, so we did, you know, the best date ever, um, target, you know, walk around target, the Arboretum. And I think the next Sunday was Costco samples. You know, it's, you got to do the right things to get it going. So. Yeah, right, right. That's right. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, I know that it's amazing. Uh, when you look at the tapestry of our lives, uh, just the way, relationships you know get us to where we are you know and sometimes it's good things sometimes it's bad things but god can use all of those things absolutely um just thinking about you married a girl from where new hampshire (laughs) (laughs) but god had called her here yeah he had called her to ministry and you know she had went to college we'll just add that in and had this calling um, to be a pastor and had finished her college and went back home to do. I've told her often, she reminds me of David. You know, he yeah. knew he had a calling mm-hmm. on his life. Yeah. And he went back to tending sheep and she went mm-hmm. back to um, her job that she knew there um, in New Hampshire. 
and then she gets a phone call from this church sure. to come. Mm-hmm. You know, and just thinking about that, like how the pieces of all of this moves so that you all could be yeah. in the same yeah. building is pretty amazing. Yeah. You're right. It was pretty amazing and still is. And, um, you know, having a, I guess you can call it blended family, but there is some challenging dynamics to that by, um, you know, Preston's almost 11 now and he's getting his independency and he's trying to discover who he is. And so he has moments where we all butt heads and it's challenging because it is stepmom mm-hmm. and dad and, you know, different home environments when he's not at our house. And so, um, but you know, you navigate through it, you pray about it, you ask for peace in those moments. Um, and that's the only thing I know to do is pray for peace, pray for guidance, pray for his, you know, um, will to just help you understand what's the best way to approach certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and Felicia Dodd has actually been a great help to Julie some too, because she went through similar things and she's given Julie a lot of advice. Um, and that's ultimately, I think, why she wanted her to pray for her during the ordination. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because she just has that connection and understanding. You know? yeah. So that's, that's pretty special. Yeah, that was yeah. A powerful to see Pastor Felicidad praying over her mm-hmm. um, when she was ordained. Um, when I saw that, I knew there was deeper meaning, yeah. you know, in their relationship. So that was really powerful. I did have one thing I wanted to make sure I share because it's such a powerful moment in my testimony. When we went through court hearings um i didn't want to do it but right before i went up on the stand myself i was pretty much told that i was going to get questioned and attacked and whatever so i was just really nervous well i didn't know this but my entire family and witnesses and everybody out in the waiting area circled up and prayed before i got on the stand and i remember sitting down and i didn't know at the time what it was i literally sat down and it just felt like this rush of peace through me i felt so calm i had a picture of preston and i in my pocket um of my suit jacket and you know i i just sat there and i remember i, I put my hand on all of a sudden i just felt so calm and then i found out about a week or two later that they prayed outside there for me and just the situation and now i know what it was and that was just the power of god moving through me through their prayer and i'll never forget that moment because now that i know what it was it was one of the most incredible experiences i've ever had in my life to just feel that sense of peace so strongly um at the time i didn't know you know but now now understanding that it's just really incredible to me to know what they were doing and where where that peace was coming from yeah and in a situation where you felt you know, you'd lost confidence in yourself and probably at times maybe didn't even feel like, will he even show up in this? Because, you know, yeah. like, right? Sure. Like, Absolutely. divorce is hard. And, it is. Um, that's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's, we need to take a moment and just give God yeah. glory for the fact that he does show up yeah. um, when his people pray. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, we need to hear that today more yeah. than ever. Where two or three are gathered together, I'm in his name. And yeah. He says he will show up. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a yeah. great testimony of the power of prayer and how prayer can give us peace in situations where we shouldn't have peace. Absolutely. Um, you know, going up on the stand and not knowing what to expect. Sure. And uh, also, one of the things I was thinking as you were talking about 
um, coming to this church, and I, I just know this, but there, I, I believe your parents had started coming here before you, and then also you had a friend, a former neighbor, Dave Gray, yeah. um, who had been inviting you, and you didn't realize, I don't believe, until you started coming here that this was the same church that he had been inviting you to, and That's so right. it's just, and Margaret already mentioned about the circumstances that brought Julie here from New Hampshire, and just Absolutely. talks about the power of God, and just how he brings everything together in his perfect timing you're right and it is funny because we weren't at that house long beside dave um and then he had mentioned after obviously we went through the separation there was that singles group or something that he was yeah. part of and that's kind of ultimately what he initially invited me to and and it took me a while to realize that it was the same church he was a part of so um it was kind of funny once i put two and two together yeah. yeah that's i had that experience too three yeah. people were inviting me um and I didn't realize it was the same church. And they were going to go to Crosslink, I believe, and decided to change their mind the morning of. And so I decided to come with them. And so then we yeah. all came here. And honestly, your dad, yeah. Pastor Kerry, I mean, you sit there and it was just after the first Sunday sitting here, we already knew where we needed to be, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah. so from there, we've just continued attending, of course. Yeah. But not that we would have been upset otherwise, but I'm glad that. God redirected us here because yeah. this has been a special place for all of us, you know. Yeah. So, and I know you serve in many areas in the church. You already mentioned playing drums. How did you get involved with that? And also, you and Pastor Julie Lee, a life group, which I'm a part of. So, any of just how you know God led you to serve in these different areas? And so, after a while, um, I've always just kind of been itching to play drums again because I played since I was nine years old. Um, and when you do something that means a lot to you and you're blessed with a talent like that, you miss it when you can't do it. Yeah. Um, and so ultimately, Julie had sort of pushed me back into, go talk to Joe, go see if, if they need a drummer. And so I kind of just eased my way into it. Um, now, of course, I'm the only one, you know, I didn't, didn't know that would be the, <laughs> yeah. you know, how it would work out. There's but uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's got to be somebody else willing to play. But anyway, so... She kind of thankfully um, urged me to just kind of go talk to him and get back into it. And so that's been a blessing mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then uh, we had agreed if we do a life group that um, I would talk and she would pray. So I ended up, I think, talking and praying, but it's okay. It, it pushed me. It's made me stronger. But um, our life group is incredible. I mean, uh, we've got a lot of great members in it. And so that just helps keep us, you know, going and feel confident mm-hmm. that God's got us in the right place when it comes to leading that group as well. And wouldn't want it any other way. You know, he's definitely made it easy for us when it yeah. comes to that. Yeah. So. You know, it's it's amazing to be in a life group, and it can be a little intimidating when you first think about it, especially leading one. Um, but we're in the season where it's time for people, you know, to be thinking about yeah. life groups, right? Absolutely. And so um, it's just a good opportunity um, to maybe you just say, if you have anything that you would like to share that would maybe encourage someone who, just thinks that they could never do that, that they wouldn't fit in. What do you have to say to that person that just might not think they could do it? I remember John had interviewed me for a small clip for Life Groups a few years ago, and one thing I said that I honestly feel is always true is it makes a large church small. Mm -hmm. And so I can tell you, and Grayson can attest Mm -hmm. to it, there's things that we would never share outside of our Life Group, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, we've shed tears, we've laughed we've you know had everything in between um there's pain that comes from moments people share in there that they wouldn't otherwise because in a closer community like that you can have those moments to just really 
you know, share your heart and open up about things that you need prayer for. And it's also just nice to have the connection with certain people in the church a little stronger than others you may just pass by on Sundays. And so um, you're right. It takes a little bit to be willing to get started, whether you're a leader or if you're attending. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what's great is if you attend a group and you don't quite mm-hmm. feel it's the right one, there's many others. That's and, right. And you can dive right mm-hmm. into something else. And I guarantee somebody will connect with a specific group, you know, just depends on what you're looking for and where you're at and what location you're in and so forth. But um, nothing wrong with trying a few out until you find what you like, I guess. That's exactly yeah. right. And yeah. I think we think, well, no one will understand what we've been through. Yeah. And then sitting in the group, someone says something and you realize, really, you too? You yeah. know, mm-hmm. and then you can, and I've just watched God do amazing mm-hmm. things um, in life groups that I've been a part of. Absolutely. So thank you for leading And then the drums. Mm -hmm. So what if there's a drummer listening today and they're like, man, I could drum. What would you say to them? Um, Turn your resume in. We're taking applications. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Truthfully, I do it every Sunday all the time if I could because I love it. And it keeps me grounded. Mm -hmm. And um, some people have different ways of um, allowing their faith to grow within them. And worship is how I do Mm -hmm. And I would drive around listening to the songs, getting the words embedded in my head and just the way the song goes. And it helps me really focus on what the song means. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been great for that reason. But also, you know, it is a challenge sometimes to do it every Sunday. Yeah. So if anybody does want to and is willing, um, as much as I love doing it, it'd be nice yeah. every, every now and then to have a little break yeah, and let somebody hop sure. up there. So um, by all means, you know, talk to the right person. We'd yes, be willing yeah. to invite you right up there and play. So yeah, That's right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, it was also a blessing that over the last year, you kind of behind the scenes helped fill the void uh, before Pastor Jeanette came on board sure. after Aubrey left. And maybe just now that, you know, people kind of know that yeah. since Pastor Adrian had you up on stage uh, a few weeks ago to thank you, just any blessings that you got from that even though um that wasn't something maybe you were comfortable with at first i mean when aubrey was here um i always thought it'd be fun to pick a few songs every now and then and just help co-lead or something one sunday and so i didn't know it would lead into what it did but um when adrian asked me to sit down and have a conversation one more i didn't see that coming um, and the first thing I remember him saying is, hear me out, because I think he knew as soon as, hey, you have a full-time job, but can you do this? Um, but, you know, talking about just saying yes, that was mm-hmm. one of those moments that wasn't planning on it, didn't expect it. That's not what my ambitions had started off to be. But, you know, when he sits down and the church had a need for some help with, you know, coordination and planning, it wasn't hard to do in the evening sitting at home to put teams together and try to do some planning so forth. Um, but he made it easy with conversations we had, and it was a great experience because it really helped all of us as a team mm-hmm. connect because we, I mean, everybody was volunteering. Right. You know, we were yeah. getting through moments. I don't, I don't know if many churches could have truthfully done that without a uh, worship director yeah. for that long, and our team deserves a lot of credit with all the people who are willing to sacrifice more time and mm-hmm. deal with some of that didn't know what key changes were and what, yeah. what piano leads meant and everything, so... Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was a blessing. It was a really fun experience. So, well, you did a great job. Yeah. Well, um, thank you. It was amazing just over that year to even watch some of the the people just because you all were doing it more. Yeah, seeing like 
them grow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It was yeah. amazing to grow in their confidence. And I don't know, it was a, a beautiful thing to watch. I know it was a lot. Yeah. Yes. Um, but we are certainly glad that we have someone here now, um, yeah. I believe. Me too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are. Um, it was a year of waiting. I believe it was, a, I'm glad we waited. Yeah, yeah I you am know? too. Yeah. So, again, just the, the tapestry of how Pastor Jeanette ended up. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, the body of Christ um, extends um, far beyond our church, yeah, you sure. know, like, and just to see how we work outside and network within the Nazarene church. And uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And you're right. It is incredible how they found their way down here and how easy the transition has been. Yeah. Well, it's easy for me to say they had to move and do everything, but they have just jumped right in as if they've been here forever. Yes. And, yeah. and it's been an awesome yeah. connection to already make with them um, and just their talents and their experience and even just her interaction with the congregation in between songs. Everything has just already made a huge difference, and we all feel so blessed by her presence and her whole family's presence. So yes. it's, I'm grateful. I know the whole team is grateful. I know the church is grateful. Yeah, you know, well, so. thanks for helping yeah. be that bridge and no get us to um, – a place where we had someone that could come in and, and take that over. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, Scott, what else um, would you like to share about your testimony? Maybe we haven't asked you already, or maybe you haven't shared already. Um, one thing I'd say, because Margaret touched on a little bit, when you're going through a storm of any mm-hmm. type, because honestly, we're all going to face something. Um, mm-hmm. We all have a different story. We all have different testimonies. We all have different hurts and we all have different experiences when we walk through a life of faith you know what you expect it but it's still not easy to go through it just know that the people that are encouraging you through those moments they're not just saying it to make you feel good they they've probably lived it and if they haven't they have the tools and knowledge to help lead you to a better place and to help get you through one of the hardest moments you may be facing um there's pain in some people that's far worse than what I can imagine. But, you know, part of my story is painful, you know, mm-hmm. and it's changed a lot of who I am in some ways good and some ways mm-hmm. bad, honestly. But yeah. um, the people that were there to encourage, get to church, make sure you pray, make sure you change your focus. If I didn't have that guidance mm-hmm. and I didn't have those people in those places, I don't want to say I don't know where I would be, but I might not be sitting here right now right. giving right. this interview because right. I might have been in a completely different state, you know. Right. Um so I'm grateful for those people. And if anybody listening has been through anything like that and you don't feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel, I guarantee you, focus your eyes on Jesus. Yeah. Find the people that will help you maintain that walk with him, and you will get through it somehow at some point yeah. you know, in your own way. Yeah. Because our program is titled Hope Talks, what brings you hope right now in this season of your life? Honestly, just walking into this church, I I mean, it may sound so silly, but we just did Best Week Ever and VBS, Mm -hmm. and you walk in this church, you feel welcome, you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, Worship now, especially Mm -hmm. with Jeanette's family, has felt like just a refreshing experience all over again. Um, But really, just if I come here every day for something, I would, you know. Um, People might get tired of seeing us, but, you know, it's you just— community and fellowship with fellow church members and life group members, anybody like that um, just continues to give me hope. Um, Cause if you feel down for any reason, it just seems like you get here, you're focused on something that 
an event that's happening or anything, and it just kind of just redirects your focus to something positive. And that's just been a great experience in being a part of this church. But obviously, Jesus gives me hope. Yeah, but yeah. That's, right. that's another yeah. earthly experience, I guess. Right. You know, it's just yeah. this this tangible thing here at church. So, yeah, I, as you were talking, I was thinking about the song by Katie Nicole, um, "Turn to Jesus." Is what yep. it's called. Um, yeah, that's so true. And you know, we do have to. We always want to point people towards God, but if mm-hmm. Christ lives in us and the Holy Spirit is living through us, then we're going to be encouraging to one another, right? Absolutely. And we're encouraged. Um, when we walk in the room and we're filled with the Spirit, the room should be different. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for saying um, nice things about coming to church again. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm serious, though. Uh, it is so important. Today, you know, there's a there's a lot of controversy right now around church, and there is um, breaks my heart. Um, but I'm grateful um, that we just continue to look to the Lord and look to His Word as truth, and absolutely um, do the next right thing yeah. with the help of Jesus. So, thank yeah. you for sharing today. Yeah. Right, no problem. Um, you're here because you did the next right thing yeah. after a situation you could, were out of control right. of, right? Yeah. That's right. That's all we can do um, is turn to Jesus, and that's what I would say to anyone listening today that's feeling hopeless. So thank you for sharing that word. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today, Scott, and I'm just going to say a quick uh, prayer for you and your family in closing. Lord, I just pray for Scott and Pastor Julie and Preston and Asher and the little one that's on the way. And uh, we just pray a blessing over them and their family, Lord. And uh, thank you for Scott and just how... You've worked through the situations in his life to bring him to a great place, and you're, you're using him in many areas of ministry, Lord, and we thank you for that. And just ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as you've heard Scott Miller's testimony today, that it truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX. 